Hey, 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 folks. Welcome back. Another great episode today. Zooming in from Dallas, Fort Worth, we've got a multifamily real estate investor who's got a very interesting backstory because our guest today, David Scammell, started out as a valet and then turned into a multifamily real estate entrepreneur. So, David, that's a heck of a story. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. So tell me, what what happened? Like that that is such a great title there, valet turned to real estate investor. You're parking people's cars, and then a few years later, uh, you've got multifamily properties in around the city of of Dallas. So how did that happen? Yeah. So just a little bit before the valet, I was I actually grew up working with my dad. Um, renovating houses and apartments we would we would work on those and he would always tell me hey you know don't be like me you need to get better than just beating on these old houses go go get into something that's you know can can support yourself and and have a have a nice life so 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 sorry david was he a flipper was that basically what he was doing or what, he was, what was no it? he was a carpenter he was a contractor him. got it contractor yes sir all right um so he he did that for for a living and I worked with him growing up all through high school. And then I decided- Well, at least he had the whole child labor thing dialed in. I, th that was a smart He man. did have that down. He did have that down. He didn't pay me. Starting out, he, didn't, he never paid me. And then in high school, he gave me you know a little bit of money, but but not much because he, he figured, you know what, I'm paying for everything else. So you need to start working. And so, and then fast forward right out of high school, I, I uh, went and started parking cars, valeting people's cars. And- did that for several years. And, you know, I'd always been fascinated with real estate. Uh, my mom growing up actually had a, had a course from Carlton Sheets, if you can remember him. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I do. You too could get rich in real estate with yeah. little or no money down. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, and so I would park the cars and we would have a lot of downtime while we would park the cars, have a couple hours where we wouldn't be doing anything. And then, yeah. So during that downtime, I would read a lot, a lot of uh, just just finance books uh, and things like that. And it started kind of getting the juices flowing of, hey, man, get into real estate. So yeah, I, I, I started listening to, to radio about investing in real estate and, and I joined a local real estate club. Yeah. And, you know, got to networking with some people and got in a deal as a passive investor in a syndication deal. OK, dumb question, David. You're parking cars as a valet. Are you pulling in the kind of cash to be doing passive investing as a syndicator? That, that's kind of a so, leap in my mind. Correct. Yeah. So I, I invested passively. So basically I was working all the time, right? Okay. I, I didn't have a life. I, I saving, working, saving, saving like crazy. Saving, saving, saving all the time. You know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, when everybody's partying, I'm the one working at the hotel till two, three, four in the morning parking cars. So basically yeah. that was, that's what happened for several years. Uh, I was doing that and saving my money and saving my money. Wow. And, you know, the, the, the opportunity got presented to where I could invest in this thing passively. And I said, well, I guess let's give it a shot. Let's try it out. You know, I, I'd done other, you know, random stuff. I, I never tried to flip houses or anything like that. But and I'm like, well, you know what? If I lose my money on this, you know, hey, so needless. Well, to say, so, so sorry to jump in, but I'm curious. I'm thinking at that point, unless you were the best paid valet in humanity, you probably didn't qualify as an accredited investor nor as a sophisticated investor at that point. 
How how were you how were you able to get into the syndication? Correct. So I was not considered an accredited, but I had uh, educated myself through this okay. real estate group, and the offering I invested in was a I believe it's a five hundred six C. I can't remember which B one B for buddy five hundred six B for buddy one where friends that and might family. Be it. Yeah. Yeah, that might okay. be it. It's the one that allows 35 non-accredited investors. Okay. I'm not sure which one that is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I it's either regulation D. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, oh, yeah. but I got I got I was able to get into that because of the uh the education I took through this real estate group. Got and, it. Uh so that's how I was able to get into the deal. Because no, I obviously I did not qualify as an accredited investor parking cars. I don't think any valet <laughs> parker would it would qualify as an accredited investor or or anything like that. So um, it, it was, it was a little bit scary, yeah. uh, because it was, it was literally my, my, my life savings from work. Yeah. How much was that at that point? Do you remember? Was it like, so that, that deal that I got into, I believe was $50,000, the minimum. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot, a lot of cash. That's a lot of cars, young kid. Dave. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of cars. That's parking that's a, a lot, lot of cars, of cars and working long, long, long hours. Wow, man. Hats off to you. That's, that's the entire nest egg. So yeah, that takes so, some cojones. Yeah. And so I, I you know, I, I decided, OK, let me do it and pushed all in. And, you know, that what was interesting with that story is I is I invested it into this particular and with this group. Yeah. And about a year later, the investment was doing well. About a year later, they actually needed somebody to oversee the renovations you know they were doing a lot of interior renovations okay. and a lot of exterior renovations and and kind of a light bulb went off in my head i'm like well shoot let me reach out and see if i can maybe get that job because yeah time, you got you know, some background there right? so all that I, all that child yeah. labor starts to pay off yeah so uh so needless to say i i applied i got the job and so i went to work for the group where i had invested with and so wound up working out so I, I, I invested in this group. Then about a year later, I went to work for them and I started overseeing all of the renovations. Or I, I believe they had cool. three or four properties, big wow. properties at the time. I, I want to say maybe 1,500 or 2,000 units. And that's kind of how I would say I got started in it. And then I worked my, then I, I, I worked as hard in that particular role as I did in the valet working all the time. And I kind of worked myself up to a partner position, kind of a small wow. partner position with yeah. that group. Uh, and kind, kind of, of in charge of, in charge of the, the maintenance side of things, the reno side of things. Is is that what your role was? Yeah. In charge yeah. of the, uh, the, the CapEx side. So yeah. interior renovations, exterior paint, anytime we had to do swimming pool work or concrete work. Got uh, it. That 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 would fall on me, and I would have to find the, the either the contractor or the guys to get that work done. Makes sense. And, okay, very cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Job work. That was a good fifty thousand dollar investment you got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, it, you know, invest in yourself, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that's what they tell you. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. All right. So how long were you with that company, and 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 what did you kind of work into after that, or did you stick with the capex so I, stuff? Sure. So I stayed with them for about three years. Yeah. And after that, I was like, okay, I think I can go do this on my own. Okay. And so after the three years, I decided, you know what, it's time to take the take the jump from here to the next thing. And so I went off on my own and started doing what I was doing for them. But now I was the sponsor. I was the 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 syndicator on the deal. I put the deal together. You know, all yeah. that raised the money and and went and did. 
the first deal on my own in, I believe it was 2017, a 300 unit property in Wichita Falls, Texas. Congratulations. That's a, that is a big leap, my friend, from going from a valet to overseeing the fix up of, of those guys' stuff working way up. And then your first big deal being 300 units. That's pretty impressive. So walk me through that because that's a whole different skill set overseeing contractors fixing stuff up to now being the sponsor being the main guy being the capital raiser how did that work for you david how did you get that rolling so quickly so yeah so i was while i was in that group i was introduced to uh or while i was with the company i was introduced to some of those investors okay that were, that were in those particular deals and i got to know them and i met other investors in this group as well and you're right. It was it was a completely different skill set managing contractors, and then I had to go and talk to brokers, talk to lenders, um, you know, raise capital, and that was a skill set that I didn't really have. So yeah. I kind of had to. I don't want to say learn it on the fly, but I had to learn very very quickly when I decided, you know, I'm going out on my own. So I had to just kind of learn things, learn that role in the process of raising the money and talking to brokers and things like that. It was. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering, like just being, it's a few years on, but you're still a fresh faced young looking guy. How you're, how you got people to take you seriously for that first big deal. There must've been some challenges with that at that point. There were some challenges. Yeah. You know, it's always, so I invested in the, in the deal, the 50,000, I want to say I was in my late twenties. Um, and so you know, when, when you are younger, it, it is harder sometimes for people to take you seriously. They think, you know, the stereotypes and things like that. So it, it yeah. was a challenge. I believe the raise on that one was, I want to say it was $4 million. Um, so it was, it was, it was tough on that one because that was the first deal on my own. You know, people, those investors didn't really look at me as a deal sponsor. No, yeah. They looked at me as a contractor trying to put a Overseer. deal. Together. Exactly. Correct. And, yeah, and so yeah. they, but at the end of the day, I was able to get some of those investors to come on board. And then I also got some new investors to come on board. And, and, and you know, they they trusted me and we wound up putting the deal together and closing the deal. And so, nice. it, yeah. Well, well, we like to talk a lot about the whole finding investors, bringing investors on board, getting them engaged, keeping them engaged, you know, referrals, all that kind of stuff. So if you can scratch those memory banks, I mean, you started off, you had a few investors you had connected with from that company that you were working for. They liked you. They saw the good work that you were doing. Those relationships came over to that first deal, but you still had to raise a ton of capital from brand new investors who'd never seen you, heard of you, anything before. How did you do that? And how long did it take you to raise that four mil? So it, it took me, it, it took me probably, I think we were under contract on that deal from start to close. We closed in 55 days. So it was, it was very, very long hours, lots of phone calls, lots of emails, lots of just staying on top of things. Yeah. Um, but I always knew, you know, it, it's one of those things where when your why is strong enough and you have the confidence, you, you, you find a way, right? You know, and so when, when you find the way, it's kind of everything else becomes irrelevant. And so I, I kind of had to block out a lot of the other um, 
nonsense that was going on. I, I, what's funny is a, a guy that, that, that was going to come in on that first deal, you know, he took me to lunch and he, you know, he said, he goes, David, he goes, I don't think you should do this deal. He goes, I don't, you know, you shouldn't do it. And I just said, okay, that's fine. I said, well, you're either in or you're out. I don't care one way or the other, but you're in or you're out. And so he wound up walking, which is fine. You know, he has that prerogative and that right, but I wound yeah. up doing the deal and we wind up closing and we wound up, it was, it was a very successful deal, you know, we, yeah. so, but, but there were challenges and I don't, and, and I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a email campaign or a nurturing sequence or anything, anything like that set up. Uh, I didn't have any type of, there was no, I'm looking for the right word, but there was no process in place. It was just kind of the old school phone calls and meeting space. Well, so that, that's what I'm wondering. Like, yeah, if you recall, so you raised 4 million, approximately how many investors were required to come up with that 4 million? So did that represent 40 people, 20 people? How many, how many investors did you have on that first deal? You remember? It was, it was four, 40 or 41. 41. Okay. So you had a handful to start with that you'd kind of connected with zero experience raising capital. How did you even know who to call? How did you even know, how did you get them to pick up and accept the phone call and, and get those conversations going starting so from I, scratch like that? Sure. So I had, I had a, uh, an email list that I had compiled um, previously. So I had names on there that I had never really reached out to. Uh -huh. and so I, I, I sent an email with the, with the offering and, and so when they got that, a lot of them would reach out by phone and they would say, oh, hey, I didn't even know you were like doing your own thing. Got it. Yeah. And so that that's where I was able to get some of those newer investors to come on board. Got it. All right. So moving ahead, that that's about six years ago now. What do you find works best these days for finding investors, getting them engaged, getting them enrolled, getting them signed up for your deals? You know, I, I I am still in that process of trying to find. I don't think there's a silver bullet. Uh, I no, there usually isn't. It's a whole bunch, whole yeah. bunch of different things all together, all at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, I I've never really reached out to to my current investors to ask for referrals. It's probably something I should do. Um, you know, I don't have. Uh, I'm working on getting the email sequences and a nurture campaign set up. It's and so all that takes time to get set up and and but. I don't have, I, I, to be completely honest with you, I don't have a, you know, a, a, a system set up for investors when they come through the door or, or to try and find new investors. I don't have any kind of paid ads or, or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. So these days when you find a deal, you're basically going, going back to the group that you've already got people who've already invested with you in other, other deals and, and seeing if they're interested in investing in the next one. Is, is that how it's working currently? Correct. So I'll go back to the current investors that are in my deals. And a lot of times those investors will bring in uh, new investors because they have a buddy or they have a friend yeah. that's looking to get into looking to get into the multifamily space. And so I'll have conversations with them. And so I, I get a handful of those on each deal on yeah. each deal. Um, so that's another but, but you're not proactively seeking those out. That's just kind of organically happening, these kind Correct. of things. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well, well, hey, good news is that you're doing something right because otherwise people would not refer their friends to you and, and bring those people on board. So obviously they're happy with the investment. They're happy with the service. Things, things are going well. 
Are you open to a couple of tips or suggestions around what might work well for you that that you could do right away and, and would not be a lot of hassle? Uh, any tips that I would, uh, oh, that no, you- No, are, are you open any, to any oh, suggestions? Absolutely. always. I'm always open <laughs> to suggestions. I have a very open mind when it comes to just about everything. So Yeah, cool. So at this point, approximately how many current or past investors do you have on your list? Like either people that are currently involved in a deal or that cashed out of one of your previous deals. What does your list look like right now? I would say on my on my list, the the actual list itself is probably five to six hundred people. But those are all active investors. No, they're not. They're not. Oh, the people that have actually given you money. Oh, actually giving me money. I would say it's probably around seventy, eighty. Okay, seven. Yeah, that would make sense. Okay, which is awesome. Okay. Um. And your active investors right now, do you do you check in with them every once in a while to like have quarterly reporting or semi-annual reporting or or anything like that? So I send out monthly reports to my active investors that are in my deals. Okay, monthly reports. Cool. So here's what's worked really, really well for some of our clients in, in a similar situation is you wouldn't do this monthly, but say you you invited people to do a semi-annual, so every six months, or even an annual at this point, because you've got a lot of them, uh, check-in call, right, on Zoom. So you meet with people individually, these investors individually. It can be pretty quick, probably literally 15 to 20 minutes per call. Jump on Zoom with them. Just do a big broad strokes review of the deal specific to them. You could pull that up from your software. You can see how much they put in, what kind of return they've got when they've been paid, you know, all that kind of stuff. They already get that in their monthly reports, but this is you kind of walking them through that proactively. Okay. So that's the big picture. You just want to have a a, a little one-on-one meeting with people via Zoom. I'd say for you, get started with once a year would, would probably be good. But here's the trick. I like that. Yeah, well, you, they'll like that too. That, that'll that be awesome. It's a really good way to connect with people. So in addition to birthday cards and anniversary of their invested with you and all these kind of you know things that can be automated, this is the personal touch. And you, you walk through the deal with them, walk through their investments with you, just kind of point out the obvious that they've already seen, but they probably haven't looked at it in detail for a long time. So you just got to walk them through the whole thing. And then here's the, here's the two suggestions for you, David. Record it and then ask open-ended questions as you're talking with these investors. So for example, if it were you and I, if you were my investor and I just went through this whole thing, I'd say, hey, David, you know, it's such a it's such a pleasure and an honor to have you working with us as, as an investor partner. Really appreciate that. Now I kind of recall when when you're first getting on board with this with investing with us, you were a little bit nervous about it. How do you feel now uh, that we've been working together for whatever it is, a couple of years, a couple of months, whatever that is? So you ask these kind of open-ended questions. And how does this compare to some of the other investments that you've done in the past? And, you know, these kind of leading questions to try and get some, some feedback from them. And here's what we're looking for, David. We're looking for sound bites. And this is how we can actually kill two birds with one stone. We can get really good testimonials. 
and we can get really good referrals. All right. So you talk things up and let's say we get some really enthusiastic stuff like, hey, yeah, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. These returns are so much better than what I was getting in the stock market. Lost my shirt in crypto. Now this is, you know, you get whatever you're getting. You're like, you're getting sound bites. At the end of it, I'd say, hey, Dave, thanks so much for sharing that feedback. Hey, could, could I ask you for a big favor? Would it be all right if I use some of those sound bites as a testimonial? Would that be all right with you? Just to, because other people are looking at getting into these deals, but they're not quite sure. It might help get some people over the edge. Would that be all right with you? Nine times out of 10, they're going to say, sure. Okay. So then you can just get a video editor to go in there, tidy that up. And now you've got a testimonial, video testimonial to put up on your website. Okay. Because again, we can pound our own chests till the cows come home. But what other people say about us carries much more weight. So that's thing number one. Thing number two is you're having that conversation. Things are going well. They're they're in, in a good space. They say, David, you know, I really love working with you. As you know, we're always looking for more people to work with as, as investor partners. Do you know about anybody else who might be interested in this kind of an investment? All right. And then you proactively get a warm introduction from them to people in their sphere of influence. Right. And then you, you, you actually, you don't leave, you don't leave it up to them to make the introduction. You say, okay, what's, what's the person's name? Joe Schmo. Okay. Be kind of weird if I just reached out to Joe Cold. So how about if I do this, David? I'll send you an email and then you can just forward that to Joe and just copy me on that. And that way you can just make a an email introduction. That way it won't be so weird. Does that make sense? Yeah, or same thing sense. with a text message introduction. So that way you kill two birds with one stone. You get some great testimonials and you get some proactive, warm introductions to people in their sphere as well. I like that. Both of those are, are very, 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 they seem very, very powerful to, to that strategy. It seems pretty doable too. Like yeah. pretty easy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's not you and I right now, right? We're yeah. on Zoom and we're just having a, having a conversation. But I yeah. tell you what, man, because you've got so many people there. If you've got 60, 70 people that you've already made money for and they're, they're happy with how things are going. Yeah, for sure. They're going to reinvest with you again, but they don't all have endless amounts of cash. They might be capped out. Some of them are yeah. capped out, right? But instead of just passively waiting and hoping that some of them will bring, bring some referrals along next time, we can be much more proactive about this. Yeah, no, I, I, that makes sense. And that's definitely something I'm going to do. That That is, I like that. Awesome, my friend. So, well, you're, you're, you're welcome. Um, anything, well, that, anything for a guy that used to park cars, you know, I don't have, that's the thing. I don't have a, I, I didn't go to college and things like that. So I'm, I'm always open to, you know, people that, that have uh, done dude, you're, you're so before. much smarter than most, most of us that went to college. Don't worry about that. Don't <laughs> let that ever, ever get in the way. No, that's awesome, David. So if uh, if people are interested in finding out more about you and, and what you're up to, what should they do? Yeah, they can reach out on my website. Uh, the website is thescamelgroup.com and they can sign up for my newsletter and they can also email me through there. So just thescamelgroup.com. That's T-H-E-S-C-A-M-M-E-L group.com. Fantastic. Well, David, thank you very much for being on the show. This has been fun. Dave, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Take care and we'll talk to you on the next episode.